All right, so I had myself a pretty big realization the other day, Steve. Okay. Because you know right now one of the big conservative talking points, the thing they're so scared about and so up in arms over is, of course, the trans community, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, these trans people, they're out here, they're trying to turn our kids and blah, 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 right? right? Mm-hmm. Idiots. Okay. Uh-huh. Hear me out, though. Hear me out. I think that we all might have just had a really big misunderstanding about what they're fighting. Okay. I think all along, they've been meaning the Transylvanian community. (laughs) Okay? They're talking about vampires. They think think we want vampires in their schools. Yes, right. I mean that's that's the only reason why you would be like I don't think trans people should have rights. Oh shit, you know they it's do like keep they're t- fucking vampires. They do keep talking about kids being like turned trans. Exactly, that's what they mean. Holy shit, they're just trying to protect our kids. In, in, <laughs> because they're real <laughs> the dumb. Transylvanians. They're real dumb and think <laughs> the vampires are at school. <laughs> at the end of the day, it still comes down to oh, real dumb. Yeah, yeah. real dumb, real. But yeah, the, yeah real th- dumb. that would make the most sense and make them uh, seem far more. I don't know, not likable, <laughs> humane, humane-ish. <laughs> <know>. Yeah. <laughs> ish i don't know yeah that's the only explanation i can come to so i think that might be what they're talking about somebody's got to tell them though that like okay transylvanian <laughs> people aren't vampires at least not all of them hashtag not all transylvanians okay <laughs> so yeah there are probably some trans transylvanians for sure <laughs> <laughs> so that's the only conclusion i can come to i, I need to, to find one and talk with them about it and see if i can get any more clues about it but i think i might be onto something also shout out to the trans transylvanians like Hope you're listening. We're here for you. <laughs> On the newest installment of Dead and Lovely, the ultimate podcast. Here with the host with the most, me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. And me, Hollywood Steve. Who's not going to be a Hollywood Steve, nor a Dollywood Steve. Yeah, I'm going to be a... Not a, for much longer. A P- Portland Steve. That doesn't work. That's bad. See, it doesn't even work, man. No. Like, it doesn't sound cool. No. Are you sure you want to do this? Uh, well, okay. Um... Uh, there is, uh, I believe, a, a community in Portland called Hollywood. We should just move there. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Sorry to get your name on the sign out there and everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would say what neighborhood we're going to be living in and say Steve, but then, like, I don't want people showing up to my house. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and we are here today to be talking about one, Blacula from 1972. Right. If you want to head straight on to the movie review portion there's a timestamp for you in the podcast description but we're going to be having ourselves a no vampire blast as we typically do that's right this is a no vampire pick by you dead and lovely listeners who voted on this one on our social media pages and this was the the runaway choice which i was frankly kind of surprised by i figured like underworld or twilight or some shit i was thinking but this blew away yeah blade Two, two, man right which is, a th- I guess the thing is, uh, as a voter, maybe you're thinking, well, they'll inevitably do those movies. True. Uh, whereas I think this is the first time Blackula has been in the vote. Um, I'm excited. I was glad that it won because I've been wanting to cover it, to have any excuse to cover it. Um, and it's, I mean, listen, if you're, if you're listening right now, you haven't seen it, go watch that movie. 
I know, right? Like I, uh, I was excited to do this one after I watched the the horror noir documentary. Yeah, yeah same. That's that was really and, what got uh, me. I, this yeah. and Ganja and Hess were are two that I'd been wanting to do. So hopefully we get to Ganja and Hess at some point. Yeah, totally, man. I wanted to do Martin just because I've oh, never yes. seen Absolutely. Martin. Yeah, Martin. I, I, the thing about Martin is the first, I think, ten minutes of it grossed me out like so much it, it was almost to the point of like i uh, how i can't do this like, really yeah it's a very i don't know a very stark vampiring i would say hmm yeah okay All and right. it definitely that movie is yeah i won't say much about it because that that one's the one you, you kind of maybe walk away with some different interpretations so Definitely worth Word, man. Yeah. Okay. But I'm excited to be covering this in here on the show, especially because you guys voted on it and everything. Um, man, I'll tell you what. It's been a big old week, but uh, it sounds like you're fixing to have yourself just a, a huge old week, ain't you? <sighs> Jesus. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're leaving uh, as soon as things are packed and I have this edited and uh, scheduled to post. So, Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm quitting, quitting the South. For the Pacific Northwest, um, and you know the gigantic increase in salaries and stuff. Um, hmm. Yeah, but listen, what if you go out there and they ain't got a biscuit and gravy? I was worried about that. They have Cracker Barrel in Portland, well, so all at right. the very least, you can get a Cracker Barrel biscuit and gravy. Now, I I also can just make one. I make biscuits all the time, uh, and I'll tell you this: they're better than Cracker Barrel. Look out. Oh, yeah. man. Them's fighting bro. words right there, yeah. man. Them's fighting words. You throw down that gauntlet for the crack bar. Damn. Yeah. Man, I, listen, I'm telling you, once you get your biscuit, and I think every Southerner, you, you must learn at least to make a biscuit uh, from your, your head. You should be able, at about 30-something, 40-something, you should be able to just grab the ingredients and go. And I, I can do that. I... I highly recommend if you're out there making Southern style biscuits, you freeze your butter and grate it. I was gonna say, dude, grating that butter makes all the difference. Yep, and then laminate it a little bit. I, yep, I, that's I don't the way. Get, people roll too much; they manipulate it too much. You barely want to touch that shit. Just let that's it right. come together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's gonna do its thing yet good. So you're saying you can bring a biscuit to the P and W. All right, but listen, mm-hmm. they got a pond full of bluegill and crappie out there for fishing on. <laughs> I think they do some fishing uh, actually in that area. <laughs> you sure about that? They got I, water. A little, little bit of fishing, I think. Yeah. Hmm. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> okay, I'll have to go fishing to prove they have fish. <laughs> mm-hmm. Got to mail fun, me a honestly. bluegill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of them Yankee bluegills. Uh, yeah, yeah, I pull it out and it's like, uh, go, go socks. <laughs> what? What are you doing? I'd say here? that in Portland. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. So I'm sure you're you're like really really stoked on moving it, moving it. Do you like to move it, move it? No. Yeah. I mean, that's that is obviously the worst part. But luckily this time we are not driving a U-Haul. Um, we're actually shipping our stuff. So the container got here yesterday morning and we've been filling it you know we it's it's so much less worrisome honestly (laughs) like to just know like okay this is just gonna go on a train and i'm just gonna be driving a car for four days instead of driving a big ass fucking u-haul so i'm excited for that at the very least you gotta take you gotta take the little 
victories when you're moving because moving sucks. Mm-hmm. That's right, man. Plus, if you're not driving that big ass fucking U-Haul, I, I pity the person that that receives that big ass fucking from a U-Haul. You know, <laughs> so it's better for them too. <laughs> <laughs> big ass fucking U-Haul. I think Oof. that that's essentially the plot of of Spielberg's Duel. The oh, big is that the ass deal? fucking yeah. truck trying to deliver that <laughs> ass fucking. <laughs> if it don't who will? I guess. If it Damn. Don't, who will? Yep. <laughs> well, man alive, dude. That's a that's a big old trek you got on your hands yeah. right there. I mean, you know, I'm excited. We're we're taking. Uh, there are a couple routes we can take. We're we're going to be paying attention to the weather, but like either way, I'm going to be going through several states I've never been to, um, mm-hmm. which is exciting because I've, I've been. I think I counted up. I've been to like 30 of the states. So nice. Yeah, maybe that'll be like a oh shit, I'll hit the 50 mark at some point type of thing. All right, then, you man. know, Hawaii is far away, and they don't want me to come, so I get it. I, I yeah, maybe I'll yeah. just like take a boat past Hawaii and wave. Yeah, that'd be okay. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, I've not been uh, exactly gearing up for a cross-continental move, but I right. have had myself a, a pretty busy week, man. What we got a whole to? bunch of bunch of shows coming up. I've been prepping oh, yeah. for with with Skank Banger, who is not called Skank Bangers or the Skank Bangers. I don't know how this fucking happens, Steve. I swear, but there's like promo material floating around for shows and stuff that are coming up and it's like featuring the skank bangers it drives me insane dude like everywhere we play we have a fucking 20 foot banner behind us in neon pink writing it says skank banger singular this drives yeah. me insane but we get misbilled as the skank bangers well the like more constantly the more you're pointing this out the more because so like skank now you just banger want to. The band name is like more about the concept of a skank banger, an '80s uh, hair metal band member, essentially. The skank bangers implies that each of you individually is that person. <laughs> we are him. Yeah, which is a completely different concept. <laughs> it is even more confusing. The name of the band that's actually a type of motorcycle. A skank banger is a type of motorcycle, I didn't dude. Know that at all? Yeah, That's so fun. it gets even more confusing. So now you're calling us a pack of motorcycles? <laughs> Come on, what are we here? <laughs> Makes wow. no sense. Yeah, I know. So I was thinking about this plight and just how much it frustrates me and stuff. But then yesterday, dude, I I blew my own sorrows out of the water when I came across this. Now, tell me this isn't a simulation and that all this Mandela Effect stuff isn't real. Get this. Buckle up, Buckle-Roo, you're called. Uh Buckle-Roo. Okay. What is the band what performs that song, Hotel California? The Eagles. That is incorrect. It's The band is called Eagles. I did not know that. Like, what the fuck? The band to, is called Eagles. They need to uh, like reverse Facebook that. Add the yeah. the. It sounds better. Yeah, totally. Dude, it's, it's really, really, really fucking weird because I think everyone all over the earth calls it the Eagles. Yeah, absolutely. How frustrated must they be about that, you know? Oh, yeah, 100%. Because they were like, we really want you to focus on the concept of Eagles. We aren't personally Birdmen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. But what's weird about it is, to me, 
like okay. calling the band Eagles seems strange. The Eagles is like, oh, okay, it's like a group of majestic eagles. That makes sense to me. Right. But at the same time, German uh, arena rockers, Scorpions, I don't think twice about that. It's not the Scorpions. They're no, called Scorpions. No, of course not. It's Scorpions. I mean, they're German. Yeah. If, if, if it were any article, it would be like, the Scorpions. <laughs> the Scorpions. We are plural. <laughs> you know? But yeah, Eagles. Just Eagles. That's the yeah. name of the fucking band. How weird is that? I don't like it. I don't care for it. I don't I either. I'm sticking with the Eagles. Correct them for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so, man. I yep. think so. So yeah, it's been a pretty busy week, man, but I have had time to watch a couple of movies. Finally got around to watching uh Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is oh, uh, yeah. a yearly favorite. Usually I watch that one at least at least once a year, usually several times, but we missed it during the uh, the Halloween season. But of course, we caught up to it during No Vampire season. Yeah, it's a good, uh, we, that's good one of our to favorite Toyota Thon movies. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, we checked that one out, dude. I think one of these days, whenever I start getting myself all tattooed up, start getting some tatties on me, uh huh, I could see myself getting uh, like Dracula's castle as a tattoo. That oh, weird cool. like under construction it kind of looks like a guy sitting on a throne castle yeah that's a cool idea I so like fucking sick man yeah. um i don't know i think that's a potential because i've always loved that movie also watched uh weird the al yankovic story the mockumentary on the hulu channel or the was it the roku channel that's roku, what it is. yeah mm-hmm. what'd you think it is a 30 out of 10 dude it is fucking fantastic awesome. it's awesome you have Great. to watch it yeah yeah we're, we're we're excited to i mean uh you know as a grew up a weird al fan i remember yeah i think my brother had like his first couple of tapes uh and we would listen to them all the time and so then that was like i think my my cousin the first tape he ever bought was the weird al album with uh fat on it oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> So we wore that thing out. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I'm excited good, to to watch it, and I know it's you know an exaggerated fake uh, story, but like Weird Al's talked about that a lot. Like he he's on uh, Comedy Bang Bang all the time. He was the band leader on the show. Um, oh wow, yeah. But he uh, he's talked about it before. How it would, funny it would be to do a behind the music about him because it'd be so boring. And they've done, you know, this obviously fake, overblown, crazy story that's not about him at all. It's it's perfect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's super, super ridiculous and over the top. And I just love that the man who's made his living out of parodies, his own musical biography movie is in itself a parody of music biographies. Yeah. It's like it has every touchstone that you expect in every music, you know, biography movie yeah. wrapped into it. It's fucking ridiculous. It's so good. Danny Radcliffe is a treasure, dude. Yeah, I'm glad that he, he's he gone weird with everything since, you know, he can. You know, he made enough money right? as a child star that he can do whatever the fuck he wants, and I'm glad he does. Yeah, uh, man, it's I, it's a treat. You're gonna love it. I'm I, yeah, I'm excited. I think uh, you know uh, the internet's always got their their favorites like Keanu and Brendan Fraser and stuff. I don't know why Weird Al has not been latched onto because the dude is just a wonderfully sweet man. Like he's that's just a good great. point. Yeah, yeah, really. Like talk about somebody who has like no bad press yep. whatsoever. Yep. He's just <laughs> just sweet. He's he's got he's got a family he's had for a long time he tours like crazy i hear his shows are always outrageously good like he 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 goes for it putting you know huge costume changes and everything like 
the guy he's he's a wonderful man so he's he's oh, up yeah. there in the danny devito territory i think human treasure for sure yeah. we saw him live i mean that's probably been over 10 years ago now and the show was ridiculously awesome man over the summer i missed it i want to say i had it might have been during that woodshed guitar camp i was doing or something but Weird Al did a performance here in those those caves. You know, there's that cave system out here that hosts concerts and shit. Yeah, the the Indian cave. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, he fuck. did a concert out there in the caves Dude. of just original material, no That's covers. Fucking rad. Because I yeah, I've been to uh, I've been to two raves in that cave. Raven uh, the cave. Raven the cave. Yeah, and it was rad. The sound is fucking awesome. So oh, that, bet, that'd man. be cool. Yeah, protect Weird Al at all costs. Yeah, 100%. watch that movie. You're gonna fucking love it, man. Um, the other day, over the course of the day, as I was doing stuff, I just put on Event Horizon. I was like, I need something to okay. watch. Might as well yeah. put this on. It's been a while since I've seen it, man. Um, it's okay. You know that yeah. movie. It has some cool stuff in it. Yeah, it has, it has some cool really, stuff. yeah, really lame stuff in it. Yep. It's like there's, I think there's like a short list of things that are cooler in premise than execution. Yeah, it would be like. Um, scissoring ass to ass event horizon yeah okay yeah i mean i think that's the top three that i did point out when we covered the movie that the in the like video of all the craziness that's happening there is a guy getting pegged um, <laughs> that's true <laughs> and i i posted it on our ig way back in the day and it is it regularly gets likes because i hashtagged it pegging Oh shit! Really? <laughs> uh-huh. It regularly gets like, sorry. It's just like, wait, what is this? And then I go to the profile, and it's like, oh, okay, gotcha. I see why. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> they're really into that space pegging. That yeah. should be the sequel, Event Horizon <laughs> Two: Space Pegging. <laughs> okay, I'm down. That sounds fun. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, that movie's okay though. Like, there's cool stuff in it. That's one of those ones that if somebody one day wanted to take another swing at yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't and, be that mad. Yeah, and like got because you know like there's a ton of stuff that was shot that wasn't included, and then they like kind of yeah. lost all that footage. Like if they could recreate the good stuff and maybe you know improve it, I'd love that. Yeah, that that is a movie that definitely could do for a. But I wouldn't want any CGI. Like you know, mm-hmm. yeah. That that is like that movie has a lot of practical stuff in it. And if mm-hmm. it was all CGI, it just wouldn't work. Like, the, the cool stuff about it has weight to it. And mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine if it was just flat computer graphics. Just uninteresting. Yeah. And the CG that is in that movie is, like, really bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, yep. sci-fi channel bad. It's terrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, dude, last night, just totally on a whim, I watched a movie... What I had heard about, I think, my entirety of my life so far, but had somehow never seen, I watched a dang Cujo. Oh, okay. I haven't watched that since I was a kid. Dude, mm-hmm. I thought it was actually surprisingly really good. Like, yeah, I, I kind of knew going it into kid, it, yeah. it was like some people are trapped in a car and there's a wild dog. And it's like, mm-hmm. that doesn't sound like there's any way to make that interesting whatsoever. But like the uh, the build up and like the family tensions and all that other kind of shit that are going on behind it, just all the typical Stephen King. Yeah, everybody's a shitty person. There's no such thing as a happy marriage shit that mm-hmm. goes on before it. Builds it up really nicely, and it is ultimately okay. It is ultimately really sad because I know that 
that movie did to big dogs what like jaws did to sharks where i think because of that movie you know my my entire childhood dude it was like oh my god there's a rottweiler in that truck next to us don't get out of the car like there's a big dog it will kill you and it's like that movie wasn't even out to demonize fucking saint bernard it's like the dog was rabid it got bit by a bat at the start of the movie like it's not a big dog movie it's a rabies movie but of course people just ran with the whole big dogs are evil and mean thing through our childhoods in the 80s and shit uh i hate that about it that is sad to see i think there are a lot of grown adults that are afraid of dogs and they couch it in hey did you know dogs sometimes attack people right It was a good movie, though, man. I thought that it was. It had some really good tension, some really scary stuff, and more than anything, like a lot of the editing choices that they made in it were killer. Where it's like they huh, okay. obviously didn't want to do a lot of like big, dumb, terrible dog puppet action, right? So mm-hmm. there was like a lot of things where you'd see the dog, like a real dog, like leap towards something, and then there's a cut, so you can't really tell where it landed or where the you know the cut was in the editing that now this dog's on top of this person like all the editing choices were really smart to keep them from having to use really shitty looking yeah dog puppets and stuff it looked yeah. good man it's pretty cool, cool movie yeah i i'll have to rewatch it i i liked it as a kid but like they're just never you know as a dog lover there's just never a time where i'm in the mood to see a killer dog <laughs> yeah i know right yeah exactly yeah what about you you watch anything this week uh, yes, I have watched many uh, things while while we've had you know some snippets of time to just chill. Um, one that I think I lo- I'd watched last week but forgot to mention and I had never seen was Matilda. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, never saw that. Um, and as I was watching it, I was like, hmm, why did I never see this? Because it's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. It came out when I was. Like 13, I think, or 12. It was at a time where, you know, you're learning that you're too old for certain things, and then you're like, that's baby stuff. I'm a big kid, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was just one of those movies that was like, well, that's for kids. I'm not going to watch that. Uh, And then, you know, as an adult now, I've seen a ton of people talk about Matilda on on social media and whatnot, and it's always been like, oh, maybe I should give that a chance sometime. And uh, we did, and I loved it. It's great. It is great good, movie. man. We mm-hmm. we did that as just a random like Saturday, you know, Saturday brunch poll sometime earlier this year because I'd never seen it either. So it's kind of oh, weird. Okay. We both ended up seeing this movie for the first time <laughs> this year. That is um, unrelated. Uh-huh. Uh, it is fun though, man. And like, I mean, fucking Danny DeVito and yeah, shit in there is fantastic. Great. Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman, just uh, you know. And if you know anything, do you know any of the behind the scenes stuff? I'll just go There's ahead. some kind of stuff about like they like adopted that that girl. They're like her godparents or something. Right. And so, yeah. So Danny DeVito directed the film, and um, yeah. So uh, Mara Wilson, M- Matilda, uh, she her mom was uh, dealing with cancer and actually dying mm. while they were filming the movie. Damn. And then uh, yeah, Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman essentially yeah they they took over. In, in a lot of ways, uh, you know, making her feel better and being kind of surrogate parent for her while that was happening. And then her mother was, was dying and wasn't going to make it to the point that the film was going to be in theaters. So Danny DeVito had a private screening for her. 
showed her the film. Just great people who wow. yeah, absolutely stepped up and, and you know, I, I think did the humane, normal thing that people should do, but it's outstanding because people don't always do that. That's uh, true. And they, yeah, just good people. Wonderful, wonderful people. Nice. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, Matilda, great. Um. Also watched Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. Hmm. Never seen that one. How's you it? Haven't? Have you seen Prom Night? I still haven't watched Prom Night either. Okay. That's one I, I've put on before and then immediately been like, I don't think I'm in the mood for this and not watched. <laughs> yeah, Prom Night sucks. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I I'm sure saying we got that. some Prom Night fans, but Prom Night sucks. But Prom Night 2 is awesome. Really? It is great. And you don't need to see Prom Night to watch Prom Night 2. Uh, huh. I love, I love Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. It is so weird. So much strange shit. I is it eighties? Yeah, it's eighties Canadian okay, cool. as fuck. Um, and it it uh, I don't know. I I watched it a ton as a kid because there's uh, a lot of nudity in it. But mm-hmm, yeah, I, I never I never realized how weird it was until I watched it as an adult. It is a strange, strange film. Definitely worth watching. It's on Shutter if you have Shutter. Go check it out. Tight. Okay, I'll check that out. Um, also watched Amusement from. I don't know, two thousands. I had no. I don't know that one. Never. Yeah, I'd never heard of it. Um, boy, uh, when you talk about uh, good bad movies, like I don't know, there's probably different categories, right? Where there's like movies that are intentionally bad, but like they're funny because of that. Velocipaster, for instance. Sure. Yeah. Uh, then you got movies that are you know bad because they were limited in a lot of ways but they made the best of it like uh, tammy and the t-rex fantastic it's, yeah fantastic movie they just you know went with the limited resources they had and made it funny uh, i think it's funny it, that both of your examples are dinosaur related <laughs> yep they sure are <laughs> <laughs> apparently the way to have a good time in a movie is like well shitty dinosaur, dinosaur movie yeah uh, <laughs> I could have said Toxic Shark, not Toxic Shark, Ghost Shark there. Ghost Shark as well is one where they went with their limited budget and limited capacities and just made it good. But Word. Tammy and T-Rex is a way better movie. Um, but I, I think, you know, there's also the the range where it's like bewildering. Like you're watching it and you're bewildered by the movie. You're just, but you don't look away. You can't That's like look away. like The Room away. or something. Yeah. Sure. Um, and th- this is not the room level, but amusement definitely is one of those movies where I could not look away. I couldn't stop asking aloud, why did they do that? Not the characters, <laughs> but the writer and director. Like, oh, wow. why did the, why this, why are these things happening? Um, and those, <laughs> some, like, there's a real like fine line with those movies where they can just piss me off and I can't enjoy them. And right. then there's like the ones where it's like, fun bewildering where it's like i just can't grasp how anyone would make these choices and that's amusement i like those right yeah Yeah. (laughs) so check out amusement if you want to be like wait what (laughs) (laughs) that's rad okay so you're you're kind of tantalizing me here i'm interested yeah yeah i I mean listen i had i had i had a fun time just trying to figure it out but it's not it's not i wouldn't say it's a good movie um then on on the screaming chat, holy shit, this movie was awesome. We watched a movie called Girls Gone Dead. 
That's a horrible title. Yeah, it is. Because <laughs> girls, it's it's girls going wild. The, the idea is they're going wild. No one goes dead. You 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 don't go dead. That's not a thing. <laughs> yeah. What happened to him? Well, he they went, went dead. dead. <laughs> like, no. Um, <laughs> we so, have some bad news. Your family was in an unexpected car crash, and <laughs> they've all gone dead. <laughs> Honestly, though, here's the thing. If it was a British thing, I would get it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I went and gone dead. And I'd be like, yeah, that's probably how they say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's gone a bit dead, at me. <laughs> I like it. So, Girls Gone Dead, obviously, the premise being it's a Girls Gone Wild, but a horror movie. Uh, also, when I saw the cover of it, I was like, oh, yeah, we got to do this. It had Beetlejuice from the Howard Stern crew. Oh, wow. Okay. And. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler. And yeah, he pile drives a woman. So, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It has wow. so much nudity. It's great. It was awesome. I don't... Okay, here's the thing, though. Wasn't Jerry the King Lawler like also like busted for like sexually harassing a lady at some point? Am I imagining that? I don't remember. I mean, his entire character through the 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 90s on WWE was that he was pervy. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm imagining that. But, like, for some reason in my head, I'm like, wait, didn't he have, like, a statutory charge or, like, a sexual assault charge or something? And I'm like, know. him I, I, pile driving a naked lady or whatever just sounds unsavory. But maybe I'm wrong about that. I hope I'm wrong about <laughs> well, that. Well, the lady he pile drives is not naked, and she's the villain, so... Was it a consensual pile drive? No, 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 but it was needed. It was a necessary pile drive. Yeah. It was for her own good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't happen all the time, but it happens no. some of the times. Um, I think it did a good job of, like, you know, capturing the feel of Girls Gone Wild, like, that that idea, like, the commercials, really. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I ever actually saw it, but I'm glad I didn't once I found out that, you know, not only were they absolute pieces of shit, but they were targeting very drunk women. Um, Oof the the movie though like portrays the girls gone wild type as an absolute piece of shit um and also portrays the women as as like very much uh consenting and like happy to be showing their boobies which uh you know is probably fantasy fulfillment but at the very least uh makes it far more watchable (laughs) than if it was (laughs) exactly like girls gone wild um, but it, it, I don't know, the pacing of it was good for the first hour, I would say. And it's only about 80 minutes, I think. But it, it really, it, it kept me intrigued. And then the ending was a little bit of a convoluted scream thing. But, you know, whatever. Endings are hard. Hmm. So, <laughs> if right. you're looking for a movie full of boobs, there it is. There's one. Yeah. <laughs> um, And then on Sunday... I tortured everyone with Morbius. Oh, was it Morbin time? Oh, good God, man. It's terrible. It's fucking terrible. Like, no one is exaggerating. No one is, like, playing into a meme. It's terrible. See, like, that's what I was wondering about. Like, I was wondering if this is that scenario, like, with um, like with Ghostbusters Answer the Call or whatever. Right, where yeah, like, where people are overblowing it. Yeah, and, like, and yeah. it's like, it's not that bad, guys. Right. Come on. Like, I've almost put Morbius on a couple of times because <laughs> I'm like, there's no way it's that bad. It is. It is that bad. Really? <laughs> 
Okay, what makes it so bad? Because I mean, I know that this era of Marvel isn't exactly like well, this isn't Marvel. You know, chart topping, amazing. This, oh, it's not, is no, it? No, it's Sony. Right. right. So that yeah. explains the shittiness. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say. They, I mean, it's not like care. Marvel's been shitting the bed. Yeah. Right. No. So Sony doesn't care. And Mar- Marvel just had She Hulk. She Hulk is great. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. It, it is. It's like there's no one to care about. No one to really give a shit about it feels like a cash grab um there's a part where morbius just says that he's venom to a to a guy who he's robbing what and it's like why why would he say that oh because sony <laughs> owns the rights to venom and they have those venom movies so they just want to connect this to that oh uh, no and then like the post-credit scene is michael keaton as vulture gets sucked into the morbius universe and it makes no sense. Wait, and as is like a vulture character from movie. Spider-Man. Yeah. What? Uh-huh. Yeah. I it, guess I kind of teased that though with uh, what was at the end of Spider-Man: yeah. Homecoming. There was like the Scorpion guy. Yeah, or yeah, something. yeah. They were teasing it there, but then like to have like so- Sony sucks. Here's the thing: Sony has the rights to so many, like has the rights to Spider-Man and Spider-Man villains and stuff. And they've got to deal with Marvel where Marvel said, like, here, we'll take that Spider-Man and do something with it rather than you continually fucking everything up. Uh, yeah. And, it's and like a timeshare like, program. Yeah. And so <laughs> he's like, cool. We'll just every time you make a successful movie, we'll threaten to take it back and then you give us more money. And then we'll keep making shitty movies from his villains that some people will be OK with. I, those Venom movies. I don't know what the fuck you people see in them. But um Morbius is is a obvious cash grab that like just they don't get it or they don't. Uh-uh. Ca- I think more it's they don't care because they know the only thing is just like you said just a, a bit ago. If it fails, people blame Marvel. Right? They yeah. don't think yeah. Marvel and MCU. Is, they didn't have anything to do with this. Ugh. So then yeah. it just looks bad on MCU and somebody else dropped the fucking ball. Yeah, you're right. It's like they're just being nothing but greedy and selfish with these characters. Yeah. You know, it's not like they're like, no, we have cooler plans for these characters than right. you do, MCU. What do yeah. you guys know about writing superhero stories? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and like I get anybody being like, well, it sucks that Disney owns every property. Yeah, that does suck. But... For the Marvel Cinematic Universe to be able to include all of Marvel's characters would be real nice. Like, it sucks that some Marvel characters are owned by other companies. That's Marvel's fault, because they were failing and started selling off rights. And didn't really have any concept that one day they might, you know, have a, you know, 20 plus franchise of movies uh and and several different shows and all sorts of things going on but you know to to just drag your feet and say like no you can't you can't buy one of your most popular characters back from us i I mean it's the essence of capitalism but capitalism sucks so it sucks (laughs) there you go so what makes the movie so bad is it like is it like an acting thing a pacing thing all of it like absolutely everything the characters are not likable there's nothing to care about the uh acting is is terrible the cgi is bad like the whenever the morbius and the villain played by matt smith become vampires the cgi faces could be anybody 
Like it, it doesn't like I could see somebody squinting and being like, no, that looks like Jared Leto. And it's like, sure. It really doesn't though. Yeah, yeah it doesn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but also Jared Leto sucks. He's not good. Like, I don't Dude, know I'm telling where, you, man. where we got yeah. this concept that he was good. I think maybe it was Dallas Buyers Club or he just chose the right He's roles. good in that. Yeah. He sucks. He's not a good actor. He's so bad in it. So bad. He got the, the shit beat out of him real good in Fight Club. That was cool. Well, yeah, everybody liked that, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Honestly, I am sitting here trying to think of like, what are movies where he was actually like really, really good? I mean, he was he was cool hunky boy in My So-Called Life, right? That's where everybody loves him from. And that's because nobody knew anything about him then. I think. He's being a hunky boy. <laughs> he was just and he is good in Dallas Buyers Club. But other than Dallas that, I'm, I'm trying to think of like, man, what's a role of his? Like, oh, him as that Joker. Bold well, I was, op- like, no. <laughs> like, I wasn't glad Patrick Bateman killed anyone except for him. So, so that's a good acting yeah. job, I guess, right? Okay. Yeah. All right. So, there you go. Let's go with that. Let's go with that, man. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I just, like, his Joker was so terrible. Ugh. Like, it, you know... <sighs> Because, like, Jack Nicholson and Heath Ledger, people have, like, mythologized their experiences playing the Joker to the point where it's like, oh, it was, like, some super dark experience. It wasn't. It wasn't what killed Heath Ledger. (laughs) Jack Nicholson wasn't driven insane by it. Those are just, like, fucking Hollywood legends being played up. Uh, But Jared Leto sure took them to heart. And Boy Howdyan was a real dick about it. Yeah, was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna mail you a dead rat. Yeah, fuck. I'm like the Joker. <laughs> like seriously, I, what? That's man. No, you're an asshole. That. Yeah, like you're, you're being an, an asshole. asshole. Absolutely, <laughs> that's it. Um, He's gonna leave one star review. One star. I am Jared Leto. They were mean to me on the show. <laughs> and then his, his actual real life cult will come after us. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a thing, right? I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. We take it back. We take it all back, y'all. He's cool. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's what I watched this week. All right. Well, I'll skip that one there, man. I'll skip that one. And I'll tell you one thing that I'm really excited to watch here in just a few hours after we're done with the show, man. Um, So, I got word a couple weeks ago, Kate sent it to me, that coming to Knoxville, up up there at the dang old Bijou Theater, motherfucking goblin oh claudio simonetti himself and his band of musical misfits is coming to the bijou theater and dude i'm so stoked to see this show tonight man because they're live performing the soundtrack to suspiria while they show the movie suspiria oh so they're gonna play that phil collins song yeah exactly right suspiria Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is like one of the most bitchin soundtracks ever and i've actually been really craving to watch the original suspiria here for a while so and it's not streaming anywhere either so i've been dying to watch that anyway i gotta get that on blu-ray like yeah I've, i've really started you know thinking more and more about you know because streaming services suck and they can just take stuff off and then you can't ever find it like more and more about expanding our dvd library i mean when I packed it, I was like, actually, ours is pretty big already, <laughs> but yeah, Suspirion dude. Blu-ray is something I need. Well, here's what an idiot I am. I have the fucking Steelbook edition what? of Suspiria. Yeah. Okay. I have it. You just but forgot. But then, <laughs> I, yeah, I forget about it because 
so oftentimes I just am just like, oh, is it streaming? Oh, I guess it's not available. Oh. But like, I think I have it in the house. I don't think it's in storage or anything. But yeah, man, I've been thinking about that same thing lately where I'm like, we have a huge library of DVDs. Most yeah. of them are in storage right now, mm-hmm. but we're fixing to do shelving and stuff in the house and bring a lot of our stuff back out. So that'll be cool. But I, I want to get back in the habit of doing that because so often... I end up streaming a movie that I know I own. Yeah. And you know how it is, man. It's like the quality of what you're watching is only as good as your internet strength is. Yep. And sometimes that comes and goes. And yeah. definitely a Blu-ray is going to look better than anything I'm streaming wirelessly for sure. Yeah. So I kind of want to get back in the habit of going back to uh, to physical format discs too, man. Especially because hey, we have so fucking many of them. There's definitely a place you can go uh, not too far from you. Grindhouse That's video. That's right. Yeah, not a sponsor. fucking selection of every Shit, horror yeah. movie you can imagine. Maybe that's what I do. Is like next time that I'm yeah, like, oh, I'm gonna have to there. buy this movie for the show or whatever. Yeah. Just like go over there and just fucking buy the thing so you'll actually have it. Because, dude, I know that Amazon does this shit. I know that they do because I've seen it happen. We're like, I'll go on there and buy a movie, and then you know, months later. I'll go on, like, let's say we're doing it for the show or something, and I'll search for it. I'll search for, like, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm-hmm. And I'll click on it, and it'll be like, oh, you can buy this title for 10 bucks or whatever. And I'll be like, wait, I know I've bought this before. Yeah. And then you go through your library, and it's like, yeah, you have bought it, but this is like a different upload yeah. through a different yeah. company or some shit. It's annoying. And they trick you into buying shit twice. Yep. Which is even dumber because I know I have a fucking Blu-ray yeah. of Bram Stoker's Dracula. So it's like some of these titles we've ended up technically buying like three times because we probably also have a physical. It's so stupid. I'm like, I got to get away from this and just go back to using the discs that we have. Yeah. And any anything you buy on the internet, you don't really own. Totally. Yeah. Limitations to streaming shit, man. Limitations to it. I'll tell you what. Would you, would you like to crack open a co-beer with me, Steve? really, really would. Let's do that. I'm going to turn around to the refrigerator here and grab me one out of there. Tell these folks what you're sipping on. Okay, so um, when Ryan uh, uh, Joyner was in for the the meetup, he brought us a bunch of Canadian delights, um, including Miss Vicky's sweet and spicy ketchup chips, which are my absolute favorite chips now. Um, Look out. Yeah, I I immediately started looking up where to get them because they're so fucking good. Uh, Also, some Ruffles All Dressed which I love all dressed. They're great. Uh, he brought us some hickory sticks, which are just, you know, little fried potato stick type of things, but they're really good. And then oh. he also brought us some beers. Yeah. And unfortunately, we weren't able to meet up today, so I, I will be drinking them alone. We both kind of accidentally ended up in contact with people who, like, got the flu recently. <laughs> it's like, okay, you don't need to be risking getting the flu while you're trying to drive halfway, right. well, entire way across the country. So, yeah. well, I mean, let's I, just do this a long distance. I got a flu shot, but, you know, you can still carry it, so I definitely didn't want to give it to anybody right. else. So, yeah, I, I am now opening up this Muskoka Brewery Hazed and Confused Juicy IPA. Oh, my. And I'll tell you what, it, it looks hazy and it smells juicy. So I'm excited to get this in me. What you drinking on? I've just got myself a Lagunitas Daytime IPA oh, with yeah. only 98 calories and three carbohydrates. Ooh, buddy, I'll tell you what. That is juicy as hell. It's got grapefruity flavors. I'm a fan. Mm. I am a fan. 
Nice, man. So they do it in Canada, huh? They, they know how to make a Canada. beer in Canada? Yeah, up there in Canada, they, they get it did. I'll tell you that. Let me also tell you something. <laughs> and we're almost an hour into recording and haven't even gotten to the preview palace. But I was... I, I saw this the other day, and I just have to comment on it. I saw the sluttiest fruit, Ben. No. It is the sluttiest fruit, and I am I am here for it. Okay, hang on now. seedless mandarin. Really? You know what that is? Should I Google image it right now? Should I take a look? I'm just saying, you might, you might not see the same packaging I saw, because these things are colloquially known as cuties. Okay, yeah, I, I I buy little cuties. I buy I buy yeah. packages of those little things. Yeah, they're delicious, little well, sweeties. Yeah, little sweeties, little cuties. Let's just talk about how slutty they are. Uh oh, they're real easy to get into. Hmm? You know what I'm talking That's about? That's true. Yeah, 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 very easy. Yeah, very easy. Uh, they call themselves cuties. Yeah, very they, enticing. Yeah, they come in a fishnet bag. You call yourself a cutie and put Ooh. on some fishnets, you've got me halfway already. I agree. Yep. Uh, the the image on the front was a a cartoon cutie with a zipper unzipping as though the, the peel were coming off, right? And really? Also, it had a yeah. zipper on it? Yeah. Uh-huh. And also, Damn. just something to point out that I think is a little wink, wink. You know, what I'm saying they're seedless. Get it? Right. They're not going to get pregnant. Don't worry. Right. It's safe, mm-hmm. huh? It's safe. Yeah. So I'm telling you right now, cuties, the sluttiest fruit. Do you think they should run like an ad campaign? They're like, cuties are DTF down to fruit. <laughs> <laughs> down to fruit. That down to awesome. fruit. <laughs> Oh shit! We should get to the preview palace. Welcome to the preview palace. We did. Let's it. get in there. We did it. We're there now. All right, man. We're doing a little fact action this time. A little yeah, emphasis on some uh, some vampire questions. We're treating those with extra priority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are. Um, and and we got some great questions from from all of you on our social media and on our Patreon. But I am going to prioritize the the vampire stuff, so we'll get to that first. And I think this is probably my favorite uh, to talk about already. <laughs> Drew Kisner asked, Twilight or Underworld, which is worse and why? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> okay. This is, this is tough because, like, I can name merits mm-hmm. and bad things about both yeah, okay so sure. underworld i'm gonna say far more sex appeal cape back and sail in a leather suit all right fine fine yeah yeah that is awesome i like that for sure but then, really boring movie really yeah, really really yeah, boring that's what movie. i was gonna say it's like it's almost you know it's like going on a date with the super hot chick in the leather suit but the entire time she's talking to somebody else about really boring shit and then at the end of the date she's like don't worry we have three more dates to go and it's like wait what i gotta do this three more fucking times this you look great but this is really boring for me (laughs) this is boring i don't care how pretty you are Uh, i'm out (laughs) and meanwhile like twilight is definitely just a huge piece of shit but it's also mockable like it is it's fun in that way yeah like they play baseball at one point vampire baseball like yeah that's hilarious 
running with a lady on his back at high speeds? <laughs> Stupid. Absolutely. Check out our Twilight episode for more shit talk about Twilight, by the way. There's I really plenty do in there. want to get back to the Twilight series just to, to shit on I know. It. Me so, too. I was kind of hoping people would vote for it just so we could shit on it a little yeah. bit. But, you know. So for me, though, that then it does honestly make Underworld worse because I it's so, so intriguing. I want it to be good. And every time I, I've watched, like, I think I've seen all of them. And the first one, like, every time I've seen it several times. And every time I'm just like, I cannot get over how boring this is. I know, for a movie dude. About vampires and, and werewolves fighting. I think, honestly, when you look at expectations versus reality, like, every time I sit down to watch Underworld, I'm like, okay, hot Kate Beckinsale, vampires and werewolves fighting, fuck yeah, this is gonna be sick, and then you watch it and you're like, oh, no, I forgot, this is really bad and long and boring. Yeah. Meanwhile, with Twilight, I always go into that and I'm like, this is a pile of shit with horrific acting and completely ludicrous dialogue, let's make fun of this. And then I get to do that. So it actually does live up to my expectation of what it's going to be. Yeah. So that's, Underworld might be worse. Yeah. It, it's real nice, uh, you know, with Twilight just going in knowing I'm not going to like this and right. getting to make fun of it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, that, I think that is that is the correct way to look at this, that Underworld is worse for having yeah. some potential. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you for having potential, you underworld. You assholes. Okay. You absolute dick. All right. So Dub Doubles over on IG asks, what's your favorite or a most underrated vampire film? His choice Ooh. would be Martin. What about you? Martin. Okay. Dude, I think for me, it probably goes back to Near Dark. I think that Near Dark is such a underrated, underrecognized fucking cool movie with some awesome awesome cast in it man some really great performances lance henriksen in there is amazing you got fucking mr pig knuckle bill paxton in there being just paxtony as fuck yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think that's probably my most underrated one i love in your dark yeah i think that is that is probably very high on the list for sure i'm just gonna say another one to to have another answer uh byzantium with uh Gemma Arterton and i think oh. Susha ronan it's really good really good well hmm. worth a watch uh, it's, i know that i've like seen it on the streaming services but just never clicked on it yeah it's i mean it's uh it's got the elements that i think uh most vampire movies tend to go for but a lot of them don't nail and that's this is the kind of like you know melodramatic at times element you know because like that that is bram stoker's dracula that is very oh, yeah. it's like melodrama to the max um and, and i love that and it's it's got that but it's also got you know the the sense of history and whatnot and a lot of blood so that's good all right yeah. cool man i'll have to check that one out sometime yeah so yeah I, i'd say yeah but you're right though with near dark near dark is probably the best vampire movie that people just don't talk enough about mm-hmm mm-hmm our pal Kev Bickerdike asks, if you had to become the thrall to a cinematic vampire, which one would you choose as your master slash mistress and why? Oh, okay. So, like, if I'm Renfield for somebody. Yeah. Kate Beckinsale in a leather suit. Duh. Okay. I mean. Easy. <laughs> Easy. Now, sure. It, that does, though, sound like it's going to be a dangerous situation because she's always dealing with werewolves. She gets into a lot of trouble. She's a lot of drama, that one. 
Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I could see why you'd be interested, but I also, for me, it's like, oh, gosh, that's too much drama. But <laughs> uh, Jim Arterton in Byzantium can sure uh, thrall me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she can enthrall me anytime she wants. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so yeah, I, that's who I would say for sure. But yeah, I, I think that would be terrible, though, to be the thrall to any vampire. Yeah. I don't yeah, want that. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't really want to do that. That doesn't really sound great to me overall, no. so no, no, I'm fine. Yeah. So, okay, here's another one. This is from Laura Latour. What Universal Monster movie would you remake, and how would you revamp update it for the modern era? Boy. Mm, man, I've never watched like any of the Universal Monster movies, so I can't even say I liked this one, but it needed these tweaks. Like, I have such a black hole in my, okay. my horror-watching history in terms of like some of the older stuff, like those, those old classics. I've never fucking watched any of them, but I think... Off the top of my head, I mean, as I said a couple times before in the past, like I really wish there were more really good Wolfman movies, like good ass yeah. werewolf movies. There's only a few of them. Yeah, um, yeah, that is true. I, I just feel like there's there's opportunity there to make a cool Wolfman movie. Yeah, I I think like you know when I'm thinking of the Universal monsters, I think um, you know Bram Stoker's Dracula or the Mary Shelley's Frankenstein both from the 90s did a pretty great job of updating and also being more like the books yeah um so oh, like yeah, I, definitely. yeah and I don't I don't really see a need for necessarily a uh, creature from Black Lagoon movie since we had Shape of Water which kind of <laughs> did that but I'm gonna go way back to the okay. OG Universal Monsters and name Phantom of the Opera we oh. need a Phantom of the Opera about how fucking uh, he is monstrous. Like, we had the one more recently where it was like, actually, he's sexy, and it's a good thing, and everything's going to work <laughs> out hot or whatever. Yeah. No, we need, we need it's a gross man who kidnaps a person. <laughs> like, we need, like, you can give us the backstory that is, you know, he was, he was, uh, you know, had the, the facial deformities and his mother treated him bad and sold him to a freak show or whatever you can have all that but i still i want it to be scary i don't want it to be sexy it's not sexy it's not a sexy story yeah yeah okay so maybe there could be a good swing at that maybe he's uh he's not haunting an opera maybe he's he's haunting a um like a a dubstep rave you know (laughs) and the neon chandelier falls yeah, yeah, right when the music goes, <laughs> and actually, I think the soundtrack would be updated too, and it'd be, <laughs> it wouldn't be annoying at all either. Yeah, the kids would love it. They would love every second of it. Yeah, right. and also, it's not a movie; it's just a TikTok video. So, oh yeah, yeah, yes, and it's it's like a full sixty seconds. Yeah, <laughs> the whole thing. The whole thing. All right, Joshua Robertson asks, um, this is a two for here. Who okay. would you replace Bruce Campbell with in the Evil Dead franchise, and who would you Ooh. replace Brendan Fraser with in the Mummy franchise? Dude, this is this is tough, because those are two dudes that are just so intrinsically tied to those roles. I think yeah. the only solution mm-hmm. is to Freaky Friday their asses. <laughs> Absolutely. Swap them. Just swap them. Fuck it. <laughs> I think that's actually perfect. Like, I'm not even going to try because that's perfect. No. They're both I think that would work. handsome uh, dudes. They got that, like, 
the that chiseled sort of look and then also they're goofy as fuck so like i think yep. either one could easily switch into the other role i think so give him the switcheroo man yep and maybe sam raimi would be nicer to brendan fraser <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <I doubt it. laughs> All right. Speaking of Freaky Friday, uh, Ryan Jordan asked, if you could trade places with each other a la Freaky Friday, what's the first thing you're doing as the other one? And Ben, oh, God. I've already thought about this. Okay. First thing I'm doing as you, I'm going to relax. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> And, I mean, I mean, but like, you got stuff to do, dude. Like you, you don't have time to do that. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm not gonna do it. I'm just gonna call people and be like, nah, I'm not doing that today. Um, but, but you have to. You should no, do it. Nah, I'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really funny because I was gonna say the first thing that I thought of is like, dude, if I was in this situation, you have time to play video games. I'm gonna play oh, fucking video games. That sounds I keep great. Thinking I have time to play video games, and every time I go to play video games. There's an update, not only for the system, Ew. but for the game. And it's like Ugh. an hour of updates. And then now I Fuck don't have that. time to play a video game. <laughs> but yes, Damn it, dude. you should do that. Also, I maybe the second thing I would do is order you a new computer. Yeah, you know what? I would yeah. love it if you did. Yeah. yeah, If I could tag you in <laughs> and have you do that. Yes. Dude, I was with, with Thomas the other day and I was talking about, yeah, after I get my new computer, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you haven't done that yet? And I was like, no. I was You've like, the only so time, dude, that I think about replacing my 10-year-old iMac right. that I'm still doing everything that I do on, uh-huh. the only time I think about how I should get a new computer is when I sit down to like edit a video and I'm like, oh, God damn it, this shit again. <laughs> only time i think about it i'm a fucking idiot so yeah but honestly if so i could tag you in time you can't just go order i can't a yeah that time. yeah nope it sucks. like gotta edit this video so there we go i'm just doing this again time yeah. to go to bed time to yeah so yeah if i could tag you in for a second and have you yeah. do that that okay. you could just chill and play video games sounds good i think the second thing i would do is you is like a really heavy deadlift because like oh. you're definitely a lot you're a lot stronger than i am i'd like to know just like what it is that's satisfying like. it is very yeah. satisfying yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It is cool. So yeah. that's the move. Play video <laughs> games, lift a heavy. That'd be cool. Yeah. Also, I'd, I'd probably just eat a bunch of food since I'd be, you know, in your place near near a whole bunch of food. Yeah, it's a good place to eat a lot of food Fuck for yeah, sure. Yeah, it is. Everybody yeah. at the meetup found that out. We, you know, had some awesome food. Knoxville uh, got the eats. Absolutely. Um, okay, so this is, I, I'm not really sure how to answer this, but I like the question. Jonas Ninavara asks... Favorite tricks and treats. Now Tricks and treats? Yeah. Now, I don't tend to love tricks, but I do love a treat. Um, and I'll tell you this. I've been working on a cookie recipe for a while. I call them whip-ass cookies. Um, whip-ass? Whip-ass cookies. They are uh, brown butter and mm. um, then chocolate chips, peanut butter chips, a little cinnamon, a little nutmeg, and potato chips. Oh, and you got the chip in there. Get that salted crunch. Oh, yeah. You need that. And Ooh. then I age the dough for three days. Really? Yeah. Let everything meld? Like, yeah, yeah, everything melds together real well. And then when it, it when it bakes, uh, it it kind of has a, a more like good caramelization. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. Anyway, these whip-ass cookies are currently my favorite treat because i i'm like obsessed with them like i've been working on the recipe for a while but it's also one of those things where it's like 
I don't want to make cookies too often. <laughs> so like, it's been like, make cookies, wait a couple weeks, make cookies, wait a couple weeks. <laughs> and mm. I, fi- I think I've finally got to the point, like you want to use the best butter you can get, the highest milk fat, and you want to you caramelize it real good, get you a nice bit of caramelization in there. And I also, I, throw, I, throw, I do like a teaspoon of cinnamon and like a quarter teaspoon of nutmeg. So it's real light, but it, ad- it adds to the, I don't know, it really accentuates the peanut butter and the chocolate somehow. Um, mm-hmm. But I add it right at the end of the, the butter browning process. So it gets a little bit fragrant and aromatic too. Oh my. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. So that's my favorite treat right now. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think my favorite current treat is I, I went to dang old Target and I got myself a big old family sized bag of peanut M and M's. Oh fuck yeah! Just a dude. bag of them. Dude. I never buy myself those because I eat them. But this yeah. time I bought uh-huh. them and guess what? <laughs> I'm eating them. It's like every night it's just like grab a handful, sit yeah. on the couch. Yeah, I I love peanut butter M and M's. I have to oh, stay so away fucking from. Good. Oh, I have yeah, to same. stay away from them. I will eat. I will eat them until I feel sick. Yeah, so it's easy to do that because they are so fucking good. Um, as far as tricks go, yeah, I, I, I still get a lot of a lot of laughs out of just the good old uh, flaming bag of poop on a on a porch or something. Yeah, uh-huh. that's just funny. It's so is- over the top and ridiculous. Uh-huh. It's like. Because you're like, someone sees fire on their porch, they're they going to stomp it out. It out. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's poop in there, so now you got poop on your shoe. <laughs> which is like poop. Yeah, which is like not even that bad. It's just like, oh, you got poop on your shoe. It's like, that's not that big of a deal. No, it really isn't. No, but it's, yeah. So it's, it's a mild annoyance. Unless they're very flammable. Yes, 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 yes. yes. If it's like a paper person, don't do it to them. <laughs> so those are pretty funny to me still i think i like okay so i like i like absurd tricks like yeah. like i don't know I, I mean maybe this would be considered gaslighting since it's almost the definition of gaslighting but like if you just like uh take take one of the chairs at somebody's house and every night you just sand down the the uh fucking bottom of the the feet of the chair until yeah. it gets lower and lower and lower, and they, but like you're, you're doing it so slow that they don't notice. Like wow. that's the kind of that's the kind of prank I like for sure. Where it's just like you're making Deep a person psychological... think they might be crazy. You're into that long game, dude. Absolutely. I mean, I've talked Dang. about the and, and this I I don't condone entirely, but it, I do find it funny that George Clooney used to live with Richard Kind when they were struggling actors in the '90s. And Richard Kind had a cat, and uh, oh, uh, this is great! Yeah, I know the story you're a, talking about. That's <laughs> a prank. Richard or uh, uh, George Clooney would get up early and scoop the cat's poop out, and like Richard Kind was like getting worried, like, "Oh shit, my my cat hasn't shit in a week." And then like the next day, George Clooney shit in the cat box. <laughs> <laughs> Now don't do this. This is very like don't fuck with people's pets for sure, or at least their emotions about their pets, because obviously the cat was still shitting. Which is kind of the relief (laughs) part at the end where you're like, oh it was a joke. I'm ultimately harmless, yeah. Yeah, It's so funny. I mean that's amazing. Hollywood hunk George Clooney just (laughs) shitting in a cat box. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Speaking about, of Hollywood hunks, that just reminded me. I watched another movie this week. I watched Confess Fletch. Oh, yeah, with John Hamm? 
Yeah, which I wasn't aware that there was like a new Fletch movie that that well, mantle had been taken up post Chevy Chase. I wasn't aware of that. It's, well, it's 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 ignoring Chevy Chase. It's it's based it off the book. Yeah, right. Yeah, because the Chevy Chase movies were heavily changed just for Chevy Chase's ego. Honestly, probably. But, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was yeah, okay. It was, a, it was all right. Like honestly, it was like eh, there's some funny stuff. There's some a few really funny scenes in the movie, but then overall, eh, not that great. Yeah. No, I understand. Mm. Um, who smells nicer in person, you or Ben? I ask this because uh, it's mm. uncontroversial to say we both smell perfectly well. <laughs> like, I think so. Nobody's going to come up to us and be like, ew. Um, I'm going through my change in colognes right I know, now. We were, I'm trying I, to find my new asked, stink. Because we yeah. just talked about this. And I, I'm going into my maybe getting back into cologne phase because I... It's nice. It is. I used to wear uh, Burberry Touch all the time. And then just kind of stopped doing it. Um, mm-hmm. And now uh, you're more of a brute man. No, <laughs> more yeah. into polo these I, days. I'm an aqua velva fella. Yeah, like Aww, to just, just splash colognes. my face with a bunch of blue alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, we we both. I I mean, I'm I I I guess I stopped wearing cologne because it was like there's too much going on because like. I'm using like body lotion, face lotion, all sorts of hair products, etc. And it's like, I already smell fine. There's no reason mm-hmm. to throw some more on this. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to be too much there. Yeah, we do pretty pretty well with like unscented stuff for most yeah. of what we mm-hmm. use. So I'm okay to dash on some heavy Cologna. Um, but I'm still trying to find the right one, man. I got some kind of like some stuff that was supposed to smell like like really like pine, like Arctic fresh, you know, pine kind of smell. And it's it's okay. I'm just kind of burning through it because it doesn't tend to last very long. So I'm not happy with it. But yeah, still trying to find my right stank, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I will tell you as an update, as I mentioned a couple months ago, started using that nude brand deodorant. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. That shit's a miracle. That shit awesome. is a miracle. Unless we find out that, you know, microbial silver gives you, like, super cancer or something. That'll be a bummer. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sure we're going to find that out about something at some point, for sure. Right? Something very common. Yeah. Well, I mean, we already know microplastics, so... Uh, yeah. yeah living causes death they've just found that's yeah. unfortunate yeah, yeah i can feel myself rot uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i think that we're uh, i think we're stink twins i think we're probably pretty pretty on the level there yeah. yeah okay i i got i got this this one's the last maybe tough one but okay. i i do like this do you guys think this is from jeff on on twitter jeff without a gender uh, do you guys think Sleepaway Camp is about the numerous shortcomings of the Reagan administration? And I have never thought that whatsoever. No. But then when, like, reading that question, I was like, huh, I could see that. Wait, like, is you, it? Yeah, like, if you look at Mel as as the Reagan, you know, and yeah, his yeah. constant failures and his uh, over-focus on the wrong things and whatnot, and, it, you know, the way he covers up scandals and whatnot you could kind of look at him as a an allegory for every u.s president <laughs> <laughs> well yeah <laughs> but yeah that's definitely worth talking that's about an interesting at some point, thought yeah. yeah like next time that i watch the movie i think i'll try to have that in mind yeah. because i mean it's obviously very of the time that yeah, the movie absolutely. was made so mm-hmm. and we're very well could be something going on there yeah and we've talked about a million movies that are about the failures of the reagan administration so it wouldn't be surprised uh, yeah, really? Damn, last, interesting point. The last two here. 
this is from Grayson Hester. What's the weirdest boner you've gotten while watching a horror movie? And watching a horror movie. Ooh. I mean, uh, I've gotten a lot because, as I've said, as a kid, we used to watch the booby horror movies, you know, to see boobies. Um, so, you know, yeah, back in the day, definitely Return of the Living Dead and uh, Night of the Demons, a uh, couple mm-hmm, of different mm-hmm. scenes. Quigley, uh, Quigley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, a also, theme. yeah. <laughs> um, and also definitely uh, at Hello Mary Lou Prom Night 2. But the weirdest boner is the. I was going to say, those the, are pretty normal yeah, ones, I yeah, think. Yeah, those you know? are pretty normal. It would have to be something like, I don't know, like you're watching you're watching Leatherface hang a lady on a hook and you're like, ooh, no, why ooh, is this doing something to me? It moved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't really get, I don't know. I don't. I, I guess I, I've had boners that if I associated it with what I was watching, I would be like, oh, no. But it's just a random boner. Mm-hmm. I'm the glad old we're no talking reaser, about pleaser. boners. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, somebody has to. Yeah, right. somebody has to. I'm trying to think. Yeah, because I'm, I'm with you. Like, I would think a lot of the uh, a lot of the ones I have gained are pretty standard issue. Um, <laughs> standard issue boner. <laughs> um, I think, okay, not horror, uh-huh. but like was hella in thor ragnarok oh, supposed fuck. to be like mega hot because she, she was, was so sexy i like yeah no it, did it's they have not. to make her that way i don't know <sighs> no they didn't but i mean i think they're i think making death a um a sexy in some ways is a common thing like you know a lot of people are very entranced by death and the concept uh. of Again, the work of Big Necro infiltrating Big Necro the film industry. Again, yeah. uh-huh. There it is again, man. Damn it. All right. And this one is a real easy answer from our guy, Heath MacArthur, who's probably out on the road listening right now. Um, do people still send y'all beers? Yeah, they do. Um, we just don't record together a lot anymore. <laughs> it, it's it's kinda, fixing to be a whole lot less. A whole Fuck. lot less. So, yeah. But, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm currently drinking a beer that was given to us by Ryan Joyner. I'm sure we have some beers in the in the fridge there that have been sent to us. But, yeah, we just don't record as much together, uh, mostly for convenience. It's, it's just quicker instead of driving, you know, 30 minutes to you and 30 minutes back. The commute after you move is going to be killer. Yeah, no, yeah, it's going to be rough. <laughs> it's going yeah. to be rough. <laughs> Got to plan like a 40-hour drive so you can record a podcast and then the drive back. Yeah, when am I going to edit, you know, and it's just like, ugh, yeah. so stressful. But yeah, I'll figure yeah, it well, out. I mean, by the time you get home, you're pretty much just going to have to come back. <laughs> Maybe i just stay. Okay, you could. All right, I guess I'll, that's, move, that's I'll one. move into the studio. That's okay. You know what? There we go problem solved but yeah i mean uh if you want to send us beers uh we have an address let us know ben will try them on on the show i like to get a pull that's right you do you do let's talk about this movie all right now now here's the thing blackula 19 and 72 here it is the moment that the internet has been asking for forever uh-huh. finally, finally you're gonna yeah. get two straight mm-hmm. white cis guys born in the mid 80s opinions on this highly important black film <laughs> because you guys have been waiting for it i know everyone's just been like oh my god what well, uh, inside are these guys gonna have clearly they <laughs> so, have since it won the vote I, I it think, did win the vote yeah, i think people um, uh, i think what people are expecting from us is just to provide some context for the movie we certainly 
don't uh, know the black experience. So speaking as uh, connoisseurs of film, and as I, you know, I, I do a good bit of research on all the films. Uh, I think we can provide some context and definitely, you know, make it make some sense to people why why it is the way it is. I love this movie, honestly. Like it's, I don't think it's a ten, but like it's gorgeously shot. It's a well done um, Dracula tale, uh, mm-hmm. and it also does a good bit of social commentary. So like, there, there's a lot we can provide, even though we we haven't had the experience. I, I hope so. So please bear with us as we go through this. If we're missing some glaringly obvious, important things, like we're here to learn from you guys. So please let us know the things that we're absolutely missing out of this movie that we sure. should be acknowledging on our like social media pages and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and, and you know, at the end of the day, hey, it didn't cost you a thing. So that's true. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm glad we're talking about this movie though because I, I have been wanting to cover it. And um, this is like black exploitation, uh, like beginning time of black exploitation, like 1971. Uh, what was it? Sweet, sweet, sweetbacks, badass song came out, which is considered the beginning of the black exploitation. Right, uh, yeah. Genre. And Which is a genre I am, again, woefully undereducated in. Like, I, I think yeah. my impression of black exploitation is mainly the things that are offshoots of or movies. even. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Stuff uh, that is completely ripping it off or yeah. having some fun with it, like movies like Black Dynamite. Yeah. Like, that is my experience with black exploitation. So I am very uneducated in this field. Well, okay. So let me just provide a little bit i am not an expert but there's definitely uh you know some some early things to know specifically that the the films that it kind of comes out of are the race films of the 30s through the 60s and those are just movies that were made outside the studio system starring people uh, you know oftentimes it was black uh but they're also like uh there were chinese movies and stuff that that were made that are considered race films so largely though it was a black um run genre and those films were you know oftentimes like trying to just provide dignity to black characters and you know uh, even though they were usually using some trope some stock characters like the black exploitation films do they were they were trying to portray uh, black people as human and showing black people as they are so that black audiences right. could see themselves portrayed on film. Um, and part of that too, that I, I just learned right before we started recording, uh, not to interject here, but uh, Kate found a podcast. Yeah. The homies of horror podcast is what it's called. That is uh, hosted by two black hosts and they did an episode on Blackula and they had a little bit of information about, how that entire uh, genre of film started and something that they pointed out that I was totally not aware of, but it makes sense. Like during the late sixties, you had this mass exodus of white people leaving the cities and moving into the suburbs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, They left behind a lot of the black population and that's where a lot of the theaters and stuff were. The movie industry was really starting to suffer in this time period as they explained it. Yeah. And, it was like, well, cater to the people that are living around the theaters in these cities and stuff in the more urban environments. Let's make some, like you said, uh, movies with black characters, black cast, 
and try to bring a little bit of livelihood back to the film industry. So even it was kind of for profit in a way, but also led to some representation, which these, you know, everybody finally got on screen, which is a good thing. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is an AIP film, which was a, a division of MGM. This is the first like horror film directed by a black person for a major oh, wow. studio. Uh, it's not the first horror film directed by a, a black person. That was actually uh, Son of Inagi, Ingagi, Son of Ingagi, which was in the '40s. So there, there were some black horror films up to this point, but this one is AIP. So like, this was you know a, a studio putting their money behind a black director, though. Unfortunately, the the crew was all white and racist. So, oh well, that doesn't help. But I, I think that like the fact that this film is early black exploitation, and it is a, a major studio trying to get into that genre with a black director makes this extremely important as a film. Like right, yeah. Especially for the you know horror film community, like this this is is gigantic, and it's interesting because this is just a period where like the idea of like taking a, a an IP like Dracula and making it um, a a race film that is very much about like slavery and racism and homophobia and all these other things, like. That Dracula itself dealt a good bit with like racism, but it perpetuated it a lot. This is doing the opposite. It's trying to be like, you know, pointing out how uh, crimes against black people aren't investigated, etc. Like, there's so many things in this that are super important that go well beyond just the limits of the film because the film is a five hundred thousand dollar budget. It's well shot. It looks great because it's on film. It's well lit and it's well acted. Um, but you know, it's it's not it's not mind blowing as a film until you understand the full context of it. That it is, it's this hugely important moment in horror for black directors and and black actors. Sure, definitely, man. You know all that that talk you just had about Dracula. It just got me kind of thinking, is Dracula like the final boss white guy? <laughs> he kind of, I mean, because like this... Super rich. Yeah, he's super rich. He's unkillable. He perpetuates like savagery and sucks the blood of others. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he might be. <laughs> yeah. Final boss white guy. He really Dracula. is. Dracula. And honestly, like... <laughs> That like that observation is really good, especially in consideration of this film, because like, you know, we're we're presented at the beginning with Dracula and and Mama Walde approaching him about the slave trade. He's approaching him as a foreign dignitary approaching a count. Like this yeah. is 18th century, fucking like trying to get the support of these European leaders to end the slave trade. Uh, and, and then, yeah, and Dracula's like, like, I don't know. Some good stuff comes out of it. Doesn't it? Right, I'd love yeah, to buy a, your wife off of you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like he's, he is the epitome of like, he's meeting this man as a foreign dignitary and then offers to buy his wife. 
Like, yeah. That is just this gigantic slap in the face. Yeah, it is. He, yeah, Dracula is very much the final boss white guy. The sheer caucasity of him to make <laughs> <laughs> claims Absolutely. like that, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, but like the the fact is though that this movie didn't begin that way it didn't begin as having this commentary it was um the original title was terrible i can't remember what it was but it had brown in the title uh mm. and and his his name was something brown uh and william marshall the actor who plays momo all day he convinced the producers to let him like have some input on the character and he added in this bit about the slave trade and stuff i love that yeah it adds honestly a whole lot to the movie so and i think much. also serves to make his character as blackula uh, a much more like tragic story as any right. good dracula exactly. really kind of is you a know vampire he's, he's is supposed to be tragic yeah yeah so yeah i i think like i think the fact that uh, william marshall was a respected actor and he was given enough leeway to bring some stuff to the role then makes it all thematically makes sense because the, what then what you have is uh you have a white man forcing not only his name onto a black man much like uh the times of slavery but he also forces his way his worldview onto him his way of seeing he turns him yeah. from this like respectful a positive figure into a figure who is is uh you know murderous uh who turns other people into slaves which he yeah, was enslaves very others. much mm-hmm. against before right like he he's he's changed who he is fundamentally which again is something that goes back to the slave trade in the way that a lot of slaves were like raised up to uh, be the overseers of other slaves like they were right given the false idea that like they were somehow being given power and, and that's kind of the the case here because Mamwalde, as a as an african prince has power and his power is taken away from him by being mm-hmm. turned into a vampire yeah dude that that really is an awesome part of the backstory that does just add a lot of emotional and historical weight to a an otherwise kind of silly story. I mean, it is called yeah. Blackula. Like, it's a pretty silly title and stuff, well, but yeah. I love that they added that into the story and added that into the character because that does make it a lot more, I don't know, um, just a lot more sincere of a movie. Yeah. Oh, and see, the thing is, they it's clear that the producers wanted Blackula because it rhymes with Dracula and they wanted people to know he's a black guy. Um, it's clear the producers had that vision, whereas the people working on it were then able to turn that to actually, okay, if you're going to force that title on us, we're going to use that to make a commentary about slavery. <laughs> and <laughs> that's great. I love that yeah. they, they were able to do that. I mean, William, that really comes full circle. Yeah. Uh, William Marshall is just a great actor. Bill, Bill Crane is a great director. Like this movie looks great. Oh, yeah, definitely so. There's some shots and stuff in here that are really fucking rad, man. Like, I remember in that horror noir documentary, it, it shows a snippet of the scene where the, the reanimated cab driver lady uh, just Jones. comes yeah. like, 
yeah, hauling ass out of that morgue in like but the hospital gown. Yeah. yeah, dude. Like okay. that shot is rad as fuck, man. It is. So a little story about that that comes from Horror Noir. Uh, that uh, he, you know, Bill Crane was dealing with prejudice on set and with the producers. They weren't really taking his input, um, and the people on set weren't really listening to him. But once he started getting back the footage from the dailies and people were seeing it, they were like, oh, like he can direct. Like, fuck. Okay, so we don't really, like, it, it was just this, like, immediate prejudice that they just assumed a black man can't direct. Um, and then they see the evidence of it and they're like, oh, okay, well he can. And he was asking for this slow-mo camera. Like the, you know, those slow-mo cameras are, are big and expensive, especially they're using in the a lot more film and yeah. stuff too. So the cost yeah. is a lot higher. Yeah. Uh, and he, he had been telling him he wants this slow-mo camera or whatever. And after they had seen enough of the dailies, just one day <laughs> the truck pulls up and there's the slow motion camera. Like, he kept impressing them with his work. He kept overcoming prejudice by being good. Like, I mean, it's stupid that he even had to it is. do it's that. It's absolutely stupid. Yeah. To like to prove himself to get the tools to make the movie that he knew he could make. Like, yeah. that's lame. But also, that's badass that yeah. he did it. Yeah. He he yeah. He was overcoming just so much fucking prejudice to get this movie made and to make it something more than I imagine producers envisioned they just thought we'll put black in the title and black people will come see it um right. and you know instead you got william marshall and bill crane working to turn it into something making a point and something uh you know more poignant at the end it actually is about this uh it is about a a, a black man being forced to adopt this white name and this white worldview overcoming that and sacrificing himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then also choosing I, I like how at the end he chooses to die with dignity yeah. and go out on his own terms yeah. rather than be gunned down by the fucking cops who <laughs> are the real villains of the movie. The cops are the villains of the movie. And, and like that okay, so like I read some reviews of this and like we'll get back to cops are the villains of the movie by going through this. Um this has a uh, opens with a gay couple basically like after our cold open we go to a gay couple who interracial are, gay couple interracial gay couple who are um interior designers and they're buying all the stuff in what is dracula's castle to i guess use for future decorating or whatever um and the movie then has some hard f-bombs said about them Yes, some horrible slurs that we shan't repeat. Yeah, and I I saw in some reviews people being like, ooh, that's cringy. (sighs) Who's the one saying that word, though? (laughs) Yeah, who's saying the word? Every time it said, it's the cops. This is three (laughs) years after Stonewall. (laughs) Oof. When gays and cops didn't get along, as they still don't. Like, I, I... it is not cringy to portray cops as homophobic. It's cringy to portray them as anything but because they it are. seems too that, you know, they, they could have just had anybody, anybody in particular be, yeah, this this couple that buys up antiques out of estate sales and stuff. Yeah, anybody. They specifically chose to make it another group of people that especially at that time 
were getting shit on in society. Absolutely. uh, And makes them a homosexual couple, a mixed race homosexual couple, as to draw even more attention to the fact. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It seems like that's intentional to me, where it's like they didn't just drag them in here to, yeah, use slurs against them or mock them in any way, I don't think. No, I don't think so either. And they're not... They're portrayed as interior designers, which somebody could say is like, oh, that's that old trope. And it's like, yeah, you saw it in the 80s and 90s a lot. This is 1972. (laughs) Right. Yeah. We're talking about a time when you're just not seeing a lot of gay people on film anyway, unless they're kind of the butt of the joke. And there's no joke about these two. There's no Uh -uh. joke. They're just being characters. And, dude, I'll tell you what. I was getting some major... Big John, Little John, Halloween Kills, oh, Energy absolutely. off of those two. Yeah. I want them to have their own fucking movie. Like <laughs> yes. I want the Billy and Bobby movie so fucking bad, man. Dude, I think I think it's a TV show where they they like each each episode is a kind of a monster of the week episode, but they're oblivious to the monster. Like every episode is them going into a different monster's house and buying up all their stuff, but kind of just all the monster stuff's happening behind them and we know they're supposed to be scared but they don't have any idea what's happening so you're saying they go in and they like buy up all the furniture from the amityville house yeah. for example yes and it's like, and like is this blood and, running down know, the walls some funny line they say or whatever yeah <laughs> but they don't think anything about it and they just buy yeah. the furniture and yeah then maybe they sell it to other people and those people's houses start like yeah blood's running down the walls and shit yeah. like they inadvertently create like haunted houses all over the country with their buying and selling of antiques <laughs> <laughs> and of course they have to have a sassy secretary like annie potts yeah ghostbusters like you know the episode starts with like i can't tell you why your sofa's flying maybe you should call back when the guys are here you know something like i'll that. tell you we'll pay you 50 dollars for it delivered <laughs> give me yeah. that that movie dude yeah, I'd I'd love series. yeah. yeah i need the series yeah and the thing is like they're presented as as like just human beings doing a job and then they get attacked by someone who we saw earlier was just a human being doing a job like Mm -hmm. these people are cursed because of what dracula did like nothing happening to them is earned it is it is forced on them and that's kind of the point of this movie i think is that vampirism is this in this case, it is a, an allegory for a white curse of murderousness, of savagery, and the idea that somehow black people have been forced to take on this moniker, even though it doesn't fit, and it fits the white European, like, Western civilization history far more. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's something I was wondering about, too, and I wondered if I was, like, looking too much into this, but, like... Early in the movie, whenever Dracula bites him and turns him, which, by the way, okay, the African prince didn't know anything about vampires that Dracula was a vampire. Could you imagine just being in a fight with a guy and he bites you? You'd be like, what the hell are you (laughs) doing? Yeah, that'd be scary as shit. This person's crazy, yeah. This guy fucking bit me and drank Uh my blood. Like, I'm supposed to be beating you with my fists. What's going on here? (laughs) Playground rules. (laughs) <laughs> after he he bites him yeah he gives him that big explanation where he he has that he's got some kind of like shit running out of his eyes 
Yes. He Do you does. notice that? It, it, uh-huh. it really looked like one of those man. Like every time somebody is like, "Isn't my dog the cutest?" and it's some shitty little white dog with red <laughs> shit coming out of its eyes, <laughs> and you're like, "Ew." <laughs> it looked like that. He had like Bichon Frise tears coming out. I don't know why Dracula has that. <laughs> In this mythology, I guess he turns out to a Bichon Frise instead he of does, a wolf yeah. or something. <laughs> but he gives him that speech about you know. You will have an unquenchable hunger and a lust for blood that will never be slaked and all this jazz. And it reminded me of the shit that I've seen from clips of like, yeah, Birth of a Nation and shit where it's portraying the black man as having these animalistic hungers and horse shit like that. Yeah. Like it seemed like the wording to me that Dracula used was very specific and was supposed Mm -hmm. to evoke those images of what white people back then thought black people had as you know these animalistic urges and shit yeah yeah and it like um also that that comes out when uh the taxi driver juanita jones um she when she's running in that like slow motion bit and when she like is screaming and stuff like it's clearly like trying to do like an animalistic thing it's as though the vampirism itself is 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 this forced role of of animalism of bestia of like being this like very animal type of figure i almost said bestiality there so i'm just gonna acknowledge it <laughs> did he say yeah yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> but like yeah the movie the movie is associating vampirism with savagery and and saying it comes from white people it white people forced it on us as part of the slave trade and right and that is like that that's just like a perfect thematic message throughout that it 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 tells very well and and really illustrates well because like his army in the end is almost all black people like his his army that he's turned to help him is almost all black people um well honestly billy's not in the army is he Mm-mm, no. Yeah, it is. I'd have to go back and look. I don't remember if Billy or the um, morgue attendant were in his army in the uh, the, fa- the that factory place. But yeah, like he he's he's basically weaponizing their their own weapon against them. Like you say, he's turning this like terrible vampirism into something he can use to yeah, I don't know, empower. I guess in a way, mm-hmm. like he he's turning the the terrible curse into a way to fight back i love that part unify yeah yeah like because the 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 cops really are the enemy like the movie doesn't shy away from that the cops shoot uh what's her name fuck uh uh, tina cops shoot tina in the back she didn't do anything she's an innocent victim they were also going to shoot a fleeing suspect in the back yeah. yeah, and then one of them drops like a they all look the same line yep. and mm-hmm. you're like, "Oh, you piece of shit, dude." Yep. They're homophobic, they're racist, they're murderous. They are the villains of the movie. Yeah. It I, certainly seems like they're not trying to hide that whatsoever. Yeah, um, I don't yeah think there, there's so. another part where like one of them I think it's like right when one of them comes across Blackula for the first time and he just starts shooting at him <laughs> like no yeah, questions immediately. asked. No immediately. Questions asked. Yeah, just cl- fucking clears his gun. Yeah, I I I think this well, it's, movie... it's a good thing we're past those times, though. <sighs> it isn't it, it? Isn't it? 
It isn't. It isn't. It isn't. Yeah. No, it's 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 terrible that you know, watching this the thing is watching it in nineteen seventy two, a ton of white people would be like, Oh, well that's not how the cops act. Uh they d- just would have pretended they don't know or they wouldn't have known because they don't pay any attention to anything black people say. Uh and that's still true today. There's so many people who don't give a shit, so they're just not gonna connect the continued police violence police have always been associated with violence and they've always been associated with violence against black people always yeah well i mean honestly like if you think that we are talking crazy right now just go and look at the origins of how the police started guys right the Uh the police in america were literally started as slave catchers guys yep that's literally how it started it's kind of in the batter y'all yeah it is and uh, yeah so this this movie is is really it is trying to say something about the black experience. It's it's expanding well beyond what the title would seem to imply. Blackula, just the idea. Oh, it's a black Dracula. Come see this black exploitation film. Like it, right, it, yeah. it's doing more than just being a black exploitation film. But it also has cool action sequences and and funk music. Which is yeah, awesome. <laughs> and a jamming band. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Which is black exploitation to a T. Having a five minute break where you just show a performance. Look, yeah. the we got the sick band. When it comes by you. <laughs> they got the outfits. They got the yeah. moves. They got it all, man. Yeah, man. And they got that hit song. What's their hit tune in real life? Uh, uh fucking rock the boat and don't rock the boat, baby. <laughs> the Hughes Corporation. Yeah. That is not the band I pictured doing that song. No, no, but they fucking nailed it. I mean, I loved it. I mean, the thing is that, like, you know, you, if you watch some other black exploitation films, you'll see that that's kind of a, a common occurrence to just have like kind of a performance or something in in the middle. Which this does a good job of not only like having the performance, but the performance while it's going on and it's loud and you don't hear anybody else really talking. You see a lot of like quiet conversations like you don't get to hear what they're saying but you get like there's storytelling still going on while you're just hearing this song and mm-hmm. i like that i think i think it's good, a good way of like incorporating this idea of like having a performance to just keep people entertained but also for the people that are following the plot you have more plot going on Plus, it's a good excuse to hang out in the club with our man, Big Skillet. Man, Big Skillet's awesome. Because, okay, so Big Skillet <laughs> Big is Big Skillet. Big Skillet as a character was kind of their, like, you know, it was kind of uh, Bill Crane's acceptance that the studio wanted uh, kind of over-the-top, jive-talking black character. Because all the other characters are, are erudite, and they, they speak, yeah. like, uh, you know, not the Very way white people want to be entertained. White people wanted them to be, you know, dumb and scared of everything. That that's sure. how every black character was in white movies for the yep. longest time. Uh, so even with Big Skillet, though, they don't go over the top. Like Big Skillet no. is, he's fun. He's funny, and for some reason, it seems like Mumwalde is like allergic to him. The second Big Skillet <laughs> shows up, Mumwalde is always like, "I gotta fucking go." <laughs> Peace out, guys. I gotta go. Big Skillet's full of garlic. That's what you don't know the whole time, man. Yeah, I think it's fun just to think that like Big Skillet is he's in his own movie for sure. Oh, absolutely. He's he is in a completely different movie. 
where like just a side character is a vampire <laughs> yeah i was gonna say it's like i imagine him being in a cool movie where he goes to hang out at this club with his friends and then you watch the movie closely and you're like Man, I think that one guy in the movie's a fucking vampire. Like, <laughs> Skillet wants to buy his cape, but I think that cape's a vampire cape. <laughs> yeah, he's all the time wearing this cloak. He's only out at night. Like, something is going on with this guy, right? That would be fun. I think that should be a rule where, like, I, every filmmaker has to sneak some monster into their film. <laughs> Yeah, just barely and you're there. And you're like, huh, which one of these is the fucking creature from the Black Lagoon? Yeah, I saw that new Reese Witherspoon movie, and I think I saw a creature from a Black Lagoon somewhere in the background. <laughs> Strangest thing. That'd be so fun. The Monsters Union has got to band together and make that happen for oh, absolutely. sure. They need representation yeah. uh-huh. in every movie, man. <laughs> That would be great, honestly. I'd love that. Because you're just watching the whole time looking for it. Even if it's a bad movie, you'd know that, well, at least I can look for a monster. There's got to be yeah, one. It's like a, it turns into a Where's Waldo in there somewhere. <laughs> yes. Where's Frankenstein? Yeah, like I figured that, I figured Big Skillet would come back somewhere in the movie to be important. I kind of figured OG Dracula would be in there at some point, too. I did too. And yeah. I also wanted to see something come of that morgue attendant's hook hand. That was weird. <laughs> That right, because they made him have a hook hand. Like, it was clearly yeah. a prosthetic that they uh-huh. put over his actual hand. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> He's just a hook guy. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I kind of figured Dracula would come back. I thought that that would be kind of a cool way to bring that character back and maybe have him get his ass whipped or something, but... Oh, yeah. well, maybe he's in the sequel. There's a sequel to this, yeah, too. Yeah, I, I wanted seen. to watch it. it. Obviously, just haven't had time because of all the packing and stuff. But I, I really do want to give it a chance because, one, Pam Greer is in it. Um, Tight. Uh, uh, I mean, the thing you can definitely say about this movie, it is full of attractive people. Oh, There's, yeah, man. It is insane. And dude, Blackula's voice, man, like I was going to suggest a preview palace where we just talk about people who could read the phone book to us all day and that'd be fine. His voice is immaculate. William Marshall, yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. William Marshall, yeah. He, he, yeah. He, anything he says has gravitas for sure. Totally, yeah. man. I, I, I think it's a, a great cast. Everybody's fucking awesome in it. Like, I don't know. You just, you look back at a $500,000 movie made in the early 70s and it's like, it's shot on film and well lit, so it looks gorgeous. Everyone in it is gorgeous. Everyone in it is a good actor. Like, this movie, I don't know. Like even, It went even, way harder than it had to. Yeah, yeah. Like that's. I, I guess that was just the case in a certain period throughout Hollywood, is if, if, you, were, if you were doing anything, you're going hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas now... I mean, it's really cool that everybody has access to filmmaking stuff and whatnot, but we do get flooded with a lot of stuff that's just not good. And well, it's the same with the home recording industry, dude. It's yeah, like anybody yeah. can have a home studio now, yeah. and anybody can put out music. Uh, the the percentage of you know the cream versus the the whey is yeah. is still the same. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. We're just, we're just getting more exposure. To the, to the yeah. not great parts, yeah. Yeah, yeah but this, this is just a, an extremely well-done film. Extremely good Dracula film. As far as vampire film goes, I mean, it has that moment with... Uh, what's her name? Fucking uh, Ketty Lester, who plays Juanita Jones, uh, when she steps out of the cab. Like, she's really funny and whatnot, and then it, like, turns. 
like she starts to see like oh shit not only is this guy scary but what are what the fuck's up with his teeth like that moment yeah, yeah. gets really scary and then the other super scary moment is her again running down the hall in slow-mo like oh yeah those are super really wild. good moments and i think as a horror movie it's it still works uh, There's some cool special effects too. Like oh, I was, yeah. I was pleasantly surprised by how cool it was when he transformed into the bat. Like I thought that oh, yeah. simple ass little like fade thing that uh, they did. It's just like he fades rate. away, a bat fades in. Yep, that looks fucking cool. I'd way rather see that than some damn anamorphs looking CGI uh-huh. bullshit that they yeah, put in a movie now. Bad. That was simple and effective. I, I did think that the. The aesthetic of the vampires was all over the fucking place, man. You'd have some vampires that were, like, green with pointy yeah. buck teeth. You'd yeah. have some that were chalk white. Like, Blackula just looked normal. Like, yeah. it was all over the map. Yeah, it's clear they had uh, a lot of different makeup artists just doing their thing. I mean, it, this was shot in about two months. So, like, I imagine on that day, yeah, they just had a, a number of makeup artists come in real quick and do their own thing because they all do have a different sort of aesthetic. And, uh, you know, story-wise, there's not a good explanation for that, why Mama Walde yeah. look. It, you know, unless maybe there's, like, more power drawn from being uh, a vampire made by Dracula because he's this OG vampire. Like, I, I don't know. And maybe that's why he's not as, like, feral and wild right, yeah. as some of the other ones. I, I don't know. And I thought maybe that also maybe has to do with, like, their personalities before that. Because we have Juanita Jones jump out of the cabin. She's immediately, like, aggressive. Hostile, so maybe, yeah. Yeah, so maybe the vampirism just ups that. Because we see him all day before, and he is not aggressive. He's very calm and relaxed. And even when a guy offers to buy his wife, like, the height of it is like, Sir, I don't like your... Are you your- ill? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't like your brandy or whatever. It's just like, okay. Like, he he was a super calm guy before, so maybe that's how it still works. But, yeah, I don't know. They, <laughs> I think the real explanation is just they had several makeup artists. <laughs> It might be something like that, right? Yeah. And, you know, there's there's obviously stuff in here where you're like, wait, hang on a second. Like, okay, so Blackula has been a vampire for all of four minutes before he gets thrown in a coffin and locked in there for 200 years. <laughs> True. Yeah. I mean, okay, for one, would he maybe starve to death in there if he has this bloodlust that he has to keep replenishing? Okay. Two... You'd probably just lose your fucking mind 200 years in a coffin. Wouldn't you just go insane? Yeah, I mean... And then also, too, he comes out knowing how to vampire. He's like, oh, if I bite you and suck your blood, you will become one of me. I think. Okay, so I think that the going insane thing has been kind of done with vampire stories before, where a person is locked away for a long time and kind of goes insane because, you know, that's what happens to the human brain when you're locked away from everyone. Um I think that is played out, though, because I don't think Mama Walde would do a lot of the stuff he does. Like, I don't think the pre-vampire Mama Walde would have done a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, he he's clearly... I mean, you can see some motivations from him in some of his killings, like covering up the fact that he doesn't show up in photographs, but how did he know that? Um, <laughs> yeah, wouldn't he be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you got this flashy box you're pointing at me. What's that? <laughs> yeah, and I guess also you can say that like he was an African prince, so anyone talking to him aggressively like Juanita Jones, like he probably would have 
had something done to them, maybe not killed them, but now as a vampire, he kills them. So, like, there's maybe some explanation. Demand for, some respect. Yeah, maybe some explanation for a lot of it. But there's no reason why he would know how to vampire instantly and know how, know that, vam- like, he's not going to show up on a photograph because it uses a... V- <laughs> but the thing is, he would, though. Like, we, okay. <laughs> we got, all right, we got to figure this out because, like, <sighs> all right. Looking in the viewfinder of a camera, you wouldn't see the vampire because the viewfinder is a mirror. A mirror, but the mm-hmm. mirror is 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 then like pushed down so that the light can get through onto the film. But the problem also is then the film, older film, uh, often use silver, right? So then okay. maybe then mm. a vampire couldn't show up on that because of the silver. Okay, but, I'll buy that. Yeah, but it, it's also like. I, I don't know if that was still the way film was made. I, I don't know how film works. I'm pretty sure the silver magic. thing was still... <laughs> it is magic. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the silver thing was still going in the 70s, so maybe that's the explanation why he doesn't show up. I don't hmm. know, man. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense how he knows it and, and whatnot. Like, that, that well, whole I'll say this movie has... It's got a pretty fuzzy idea about how dark rooms work because at, at that one point she just <laughs> right. like opens the curtain and she's like, hmm, nobody's out here. <laughs> anyway, back to my film that's definitely not ruined now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in a dark corner. That's how that works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. You know? Yeah. So yeah, there's there's some logic leaps you have to have in there. I mean, it, it'd be kind of silly if it was like, you know, he gets out of that coffin and a car drives by and he's like, a horseless buggy. Witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, like, watching this, though, because a movie I have seen a lot is Vampire in Brooklyn. Um, I I don't know why I've seen it a lot. It's not a great movie. I I just liked Eddie Murphy a lot as a kid. Um, But I didn't know Blackula, so I didn't know that Vampire in Brooklyn, in a lot of ways, is Blackula. Oh. So I'm going to have to rewatch Vampire in Brooklyn because, like, that does have more of the vampire not really understanding you know exactly what's going on but still has that i i think momoalde even if he doesn't understand what's going on he's not going to you know say like he's not going to exclaim like egads or anything because he's an african prince he's like dignified and whatnot so maybe he just pretends he understands what's going on as you know as a person who's done diplomacy and whatnot he knows like to not you know show surprise or show that he's ignorant or whatever so i I can see that being explainable Mm -hmm. you know one thing that i would like an explanation on and we've kind of touched on this topic before about whenever you get turned as a vampire you're you're in a fixed state for the rest of eternity right? right so it's like like we mentioned you get you know vamped during the middle of a haircut and now your hair is uneven forever like that's gotta suck right <laughs> be the worst. but think about the fate of our man blackula right here right because i'm pretty sure what happened and this is just a theory i think his last meal that he had on earth was some definitely undercooked pork <laughs> and he had to live that way forever and then when he dies out there in the sunlight we see that he's just chock full of worms oh because of the i think the it's tr- from some undercooked pork yeah the pork just filled him with all sorts of worms Ugh. yeah that is a weird like transition to having worms in him it's like the the concept is he was already rotting like there were bugs inside eating him away but that's cool i mean that's that a neat cool. idea i guess yeah it's really gross for sure but like that doesn't make a lot of sense <laughs> <laughs> 
maybe a worm's favorite food is vampire and they're like sharks so they can like smell it in yeah, the water like, like you know five like, miles away oh, vampire, we gotta get that meat before it goes yeah so if you ever see somebody walk around at night and they got a whole bunch of worms following them stay away right quick i'm just gonna try this muskoka brewery mad tom west coast ipa because i don't want to try to pack it um now is this the west coast of canada is that an alaskan ipa is that that is oh damn (laughs) who's west coast huh oh that's good though it's got a little like um it's got that bitterness it got a little almost smoky characteristic to it good stuff oh my is it fruity boy um not really yeah no it's 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 got like a little bit of piney flavor to it but not really citrusy this daytime ipa by the way mm-hmm. it's been a long time since I had one when's the last time you had one of those oh probably a couple of years yeah dude you would like it so much because i mean clearly the, good, the yeah. low calorie and, and right. carb count is because it doesn't have a ton of sugar in it yeah so it has nice like a dry. nice yeah, yeah dry slightly bitter but still like super hoppy mm-hmm. uh backbone to it like it honestly tastes a lot like those lagunitas like uh what are those called those like hop waters that they do oh okay yeah mm-hmm. the the non-alcohol ones it really tastes a lot like that only with a little bit of alcohol in it tastes a little bit more like a beer real Yummy. fucking good man yeah nice man so some canadian beer is pretty good to you huh yeah thanks ryan uh these were really good and, and the, chi- the the fucking chips were awesome nice mm-hmm. Um, I think the audio in this movie is the weakest point. As soon as yes. it started and the dialogue came in, I was like, oh, God, I'm so glad we have captions because yeah. the audio for like the speaking quality and stuff is not good. Okay, so I, I watched the um, Horror Noir Uncut that's on Shudder, which is, you know, all the conversations in Horror Noir, it's just those, but not cut. Shit, that's on there? Yeah, uh-huh. Oh, I bet that's fucking awesome. It is, yeah, because it's got more stuff that's just not in there. And one of the things is Bill Crane talking about having to deal with these racist white um, uh, people who were doing all of his stuff for him. Specifically, he talks about the audio guy hating him and hmm, uh, intentionally... A like, connection. Yeah, intentionally turning up his, his headphones just to blast his ears, uh, etc. Like... And then, yeah, the worst part about the movie is the audio. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm just thinking, when you got a, a racist white guy who doesn't want a black guy directing a film and probably wants it to fail, it would make sense then that he doesn't do the sound well. Um, fucking asshole. But yeah, hmm. the, the scenes that are in larger, like the castle scene, the factory scenes, a lot of times things are harder to hear and harder to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Real boomy, real echoey audio. Yeah. Definitely watch with captions on if you if you can. If you're a caption watcher, you'll be fine. But yeah, without it, a little hard to understand some you of the what? dialogue. To I me. feel like I was just being charitable to that asshole. Maybe he just fucking Maybe. sucked at sound. Or that, you yeah. know? Maybe he was mad at a black man directing a film and doing really well because he sucks at his fucking job. Might be that. Yeah. Stranger things have happened, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I do wish some of the fights were better too. A lot of the fight scenes are, are pretty pretty light. Definitely didn't spend yeah, a are. lot of time on like some choreography and shit. And there's some there's some funny edits like in Dracula's Castle where like a uh, dude like throws a pot at a guy. It <laughs> clearly misses him, but then in the next shot he has like a head wound. You're like, I, I just saw what happened. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny, shitty, but I don't know if it was supposed to be that way. I do wish some of the fight scenes were were more badass. Yeah, I mean you know. Just like 
the dolomite for instance like the fight scenes with dolomite they they aren't great but it's it's kind of like more endearing in a way it's mm-hmm. like i i think this probably should have had good fight scenes but i think a lot of kind of the the feel of black exploitation is a lot of times the fight scenes were just kind of off the cuff and and meant to be kind of fun uh but yeah, that doesn't fit the tone of this movie. So yeah, if it had been a little more choreographed, that would have been better. The burns were good, though. There's like Absolutely. a million people that get set on fire at the end yeah. of the movie, and those all look really yes, legit. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was very much impressed with with um, that final sequence. Not only, you know, the burn stuff and whatnot, which reminded me of Zombie, you know. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, but then, like, when... Um, when Tina gets shot in the back and then Dracula, he kills, or uh, sorry, Mama Walde kills that cop. And then he like has that like speech to them where he's like, none of you will escape or whatever. And it's fucking yeah, rad. Yeah. And then he yeah, like, just starts killing them all. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely some parts in this movie that I think could use a little bit of improvement, but like, Overall, it it's above and beyond just a better, more enjoyable movie with more thought behind it than I was expecting. And maybe yeah. that is also, you know, my own ignorance about that that genre going into this mm-hmm. that is causing me to say that, you know? Yeah. Maybe if I was more informed and aware of other black exploitation movies that are like fucking great, I maybe would have gone into this with this attitude of like, oh yeah, this is going to be fucking sick. There's a lot of sick movies in this uh, in this category. But again, that's just a black hole of knowledge for me. Like I don't know a whole lot about these movies. So this is a cool introduction for me, and also a cool gateway to getting into more and watching more. Like again, that um that uh um, horror noir documentary that we keep referencing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It exposed me to so many things that I had never heard about, never seen, whatever, yeah. that I now want to check out. Like, I definitely want to watch that Ganjin Hess. That looks crazy. Yeah, I think that is one of the only ones other than uh, Son of Ngagi that they show that I haven't seen. But I've seen most of them because of Horror Noir. Like, mm-hmm. watch Death by Temptation, Bones, like, all the stuff that they, they talk about in there. And, like, definitely we'll cover those in the future we've covered a, a lot of the movies that are actually talked about in there but yeah, yeah. I, I i think that documentary is super important and, and really did the same to me like i had always thought that just from the title i, I don't think people talk about blackula enough as a film the title itself seems silly and then when you right. know about blackenstein and dr bleckle and mr hyde or whatever like you know that like Okay, so this did become kind of a, a running theme. If you haven't seen the movie, you don't realize, no, actually, this is this is a movie. This is a film talking about stuff with themes and fucking uh, points and stuff. So, yeah, I, I highly recommend, if anybody's listened to this point and just hasn't watched the movie, watch the movie. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah, totally, man. Totally. You got any other uh, observations here you want to rate this thing and get on out? Uh, yeah, let's rate it. I, I mean, uh... You know, as a as a vampire film goes, I like this better than most vampire films. Um, Bram Stoker's Dracula is up there. Byzantium, Near Dark, those types are great. Um, Lost Boys. Lost Boys, yeah, sure. Fright Night, etc. But uh, this one does something with the original Dracula story that is interesting while still being minimal. 
we're not talking about a film you know that is full of like amazing effects and like uh all sorts of like crazy plot points and stuff it is very much a dracula story his mina is tina like they they go through the same thing of like you know you're the re- my reincarnated luva like you you know all the same sort of story of dracula but it has been recontextualized for an audience to understand the struggle of black people and that's awesome like it's a really cool idea and concept and the execution is great so for me it's like a I don't know. I I definitely could watch this anytime somebody put it on, and I I do want to see the sequel. So for me, it's like a seven and a half to an eight. I would say. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's hard for me to rate this because obviously, in terms of uh, importance and representation and the making of the movie, there's a lot of things that can't go into. Yeah, some fucking white guy podcaster's evaluation sure. of how good this movie is, <laughs> obviously. Right. Uh, I just rate things purely on entertainment value alone, you know. But, of course, you always have to, to remember how important this was. It's first fucking black vampire ever. Right. What? Mm-hmm. That's an, And it took till 1972 to get that. That's right. ridiculous. Uh, so, you know, those don't go into context with my rating. I would say just in terms of just enjoyment of the movie, yeah, I'd watch it again. It's not like my favorite vampire movie ever, but I think it's still a strong, like, six for me, an enjoyable flick. It's not awesome. too terribly long. The pacing is good. The story clips along in a, at a good pace, and um, there's lots of cool characters and shit. Yeah, six, I think, seems like a pretty good rating for me. Yeah, that's fair. We look forward to hearing your thoughts about this one over on our social medias and stuff, our Instagrams, our Facebook group, all that jazz. Just find our Linktree page to join up wherever you may. Linktree, dead and lovely. You'll find us. And uh, also help support our show on Patreon. Yeah, patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head on over there. Become a patron on any level. You get access to our Patreon exclusive episodes. Sorry we haven't had anything out in November yet. We will. Uh, I have been busy. (laughs) I apologize. Little Uh, busy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, but become a patron on a $5 level and you get to submit a movie to the smoking bowl and then we draw from that smoking bowl and then we cover the movie that we drew from the smoking bowl. It's awesome. Yeah, do it. Do the thing, support the show. Also be sure to rate and review on Apple podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you can review a podcast really does help us out a ton. And uh, also be sure to stick around with us there next week in honor of uh, Toyotathon. We're big Toyotathon <laughs> right. celebrators. Uh-huh. It's, it's that most magical time of year. Uh-huh. Uh, we're going to be doing a Toyotathon movie. Tell them about it. Yeah, we're going to be watching Blood Rage, which is a Toyotathon movie about a guy <laughs> who shows up on Toyotathon and kills people. He does. It is uh, not similar to the plot of Halloween whatsoever, nope, just occurring nope. on a different Unrelated. holiday. Unrelated. <laughs> it is a ridiculous movie it is it is and i'm I'm glad we're covering it uh i will be uh coming to you from an airbnb in portland while we await our apartment to open up on the 28th so uh you know if uh, the blood rage episode sounds a little different that's why it's those airbnb if you're in that walls. airbnb and you go down into that basement and there's like a little secret door behind a rope pulley thing uh-huh yeah that sounds leave like it alone i'd go into nope don't no, leave it don't leave it be Mm-hmm. all right okay okay don't you do it don't right. you go and do it so yeah tune in next week we'll be talking about blood rage that's not cranberry sauce it is a <laughs> stupid stupid movie it is really it'll dumb. be a good time so hang out with us then thank you guys so much for listening i've been uncle ben i've been hollywood steve we've been dead and lovely bye, bye.
So, Ben, other day, my old lady, she went to Cracker Barrel. Mm-hmm. The crack bar. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, she, she asked me if uh, I wanted anything, and I was like, sure. And I uh, ordered up a, a breakfast of some sort that came with biscuits and gravy. And uh, I love, love biscuits and gravy. Big, huge mm-hmm. fan of biscuits and gravy proper southern boy absolutely grew up on biscuits and gravy and 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 sausage and all that stuff for breakfast no idea how you do anything the rest of the day after that but (laughs) (laughs) i so i I was eating them and i started thinking about it and i realized in my head something that made biscuits and gravy kind of gross to me and that is that gravy is just hot liquid biscuit what hang on now hot liquid biscuit I, yeah. well, okay you got you got flour in there uh-huh. you got a you got a fat in there yeah butter hopefully uh, or you know you can go with some some shortening for biscuits some shortening well. yeah mm-hmm. and then hmm. then you hit it with milk boy i'm telling you what it grossed me out real real bad <laughs> it was like what if i took these biscuits and put them in a pan oh fuck it's just liquid i'm just gonna pour it over other biscuits like what <laughs> yuck what the i mean fuck? that's a, like that's like similar to the 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 very barbaric ideas i've had about like you know fried chicken and stuff yeah. where you mm-hmm. you take it and then you like you take coat the chicken yeah the aborted cracked open <laughs> potential future family that it once had yeah. you just grind it all there and you're like add ah, to the breadcrumbs next and then I fry it up fry you up with your dead kids i've coated you in yuck yeah man food is brutal uh-huh, yeah I've, <laughs> I've decided to just stop thinking about food entirely like it's while eating it just just let it happen just let it yeah. happen <laughs> just let it happen don't think about it too much huh oh dude yuck r.i.p gravy yeah <laughs> 